0: This episode of Find the Good News is close to my heart. My spiritual sister, Anne Richard McGee, shares her story of tragedy and redemption. Anne talks openly about her brother's murder, the hole she found herself in after his death, and the renewed hope that she has today. This isn't a sugar-coated episode. Anne tells things as they are and paints a clear picture of the despair she experienced, the prayerful people that lifted her during this time of grief, and the new purpose she's found on the other side of loss. I have no doubt that her story will do someone some good.
1: Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going, because you're
0: laughing in your sleep on the path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, happy. fake news sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all with find the good news i aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work i visit with artists educators civic and spiritual leaders musicians business owners students volunteers and everyday citizens who are using their creativity resources and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world in each episode i dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests we have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. I love you just.
1: drug addiction yeah and there was a little guy there that was talking about this little girl that he knows and he's she tells him she wants help and yada 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 and i'm listening to him and i'm listening to what he's saying about her and i've been on both ends of both ends of the spectrum so i turned around and i, I caught myself the way it was coming out was so blunt but i was like she don't want help punna And everybody's like, Ed's just going to throw it out there for you because his face just kind of... I said, look, I've been on both ends, and I'm telling you right now from an addict's point of view, if she wants help, there's help out there. She's going to be picking up the phone. She's going to be calling the treatment centers. She's going to be doing something. If she has one house that she can go to where she can lay down with nobody touching her, not having to worry about anybody, she feels safe, and she can detox there, she's going to do it if she wants to get sober. You don't even have to go to a treatment center. You're going to do it wherever you are, however you have to. So she's feeding you a line of crap.
0: She's but, you know, I mean, you know, uh, whenever you're addicted to something, you're not thinking mm-hmm. the, the way you but would. But I told him, so I away. I'm
1: telling you right now, I so said, don't let her. Don't enable her. I'm not telling you to turn your back on her. That's a struggle, though. Yeah. I'm I mean, not, that's hard. I'm not telling you don't turn your back on her. If she needs food, feed her. If she needs a place to sleep, a place to take a shower, do that. My uncle did that for me. And it, that's that's love. That's providing basic needs. Yeah. But don't give her money so she can right. run out there and buy no, I, That
0: makes sense. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's dealt with a someone they love, whether it's a child, a parent, a friend, You know, if you're a human being with a heart, you feel a compulsion to help. And, and, you know, where is the line? I mean, I think there is definitely like a blurry spot in there, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. because you're going well. I mean, you you tiptoe towards enabling, but enabling looks like the same thing as caring. How do you know? I mean, I I don't know. It's got a struggle. I think it's a struggle for anybody that's trying to help. I mean, unless you've been... On the other side, like you're saying, you know the mindset, but that person who's trying to help may not know. Yeah, which puts you, as I told you, I think is a, you're in a special spot. Well, that's what somebody else help. said. Like
1: you're, do you think your calling's going to be to help addicts? Because the little, the little after me, and the little guy talked, and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to what they're saying, and I was like, I don't think so. I used to think that was going to be my calling. No, but I never prayed about it. Like, because I was an addict, I figured that my calling was going to be to help other addicts. Yeah. After going through what I went through with my brother and praying about it recently, I think that my calling is going to be in the area of forgiveness.
0: Forgiveness, yeah. I can see that, you know. Uh, That's something I think we all need. I mean, on micro small levels day to day and then on big levels I mean I know I have things and people that I have not forgiven I know it I know who they are I know why and I know that I struggle with it because I know how I feel you know I can kid myself uh, and have these high ideas that I've forgiven somebody and I I mean I know who they are (laughs) it's weird because when it comes up something will come up and I'll go Oh, uh, I've forgiven them. A little time will pass. Well, maybe I've forgiven them because I haven't interacted with them. And I think I've forgiven them. But then I see them or a message comes through from them. Just something happens where I'm I'm back in that uh, orbit of that person. And then all those old feelings come bubbling right back up and all the same resentments and the same frustrations. And then, I, I mean, when I... in post-reflection I'm like you know I haven't forgiven them I might be trying to and I used to not say that I think for me I used to say oh I've forgiven them I've forgiven them and I think maybe intellectually I had and I wanted to you know what I mean but then I wasn't honest with myself I'm getting to where I'm a little more honest with myself about that particularly because now I go oh no hmm I haven't yeah you know and I need to work on it And the only way to work on it is to have those things happen so you can, it's practice. I mean, I don't know. I think we think it's just going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, forgiveness is just going to happen.
1: No, that doesn't just happen. You have to pray about it. You have to, at least for me, I'm having to pray. I'm having to allow God to fill my heart, um... I've noticed there's different things that'll go on, or I'll start feeling a certain way. And I'll have to say, stop, just stop what I'm doing, which is something that I've never been able to do before. I just would try to go on and try to fight it myself, whatever my feelings were, whatever my anger was. And today, I try to just stop and say, okay, God, you know how I'm feeling, you know what's going on, can you please fill this little spot? Yeah. Yeah. Because I I know that ultimately he is love, and he's going to take those things away from me. I used to think he took things from other people, but never from me. I don't know why I thought what do was... you mean
0: by that? Can you explain that?
1: Okay, like um <clears throat> say with the addiction okay. with it not just going away or I hear I'd watch other people and it seemed like they just say you go to a funeral like with my brothers. The rest of my family seemed like they were moving forward. And I was stuck. Mm. And I've been like that my whole life. Like something will happen, I just get stuck. Okay. And somebody will say, pray about it. Well, that doesn't work for me.
0: And what did that mean to you? And back then when somebody told you, pray about it, I mean, what what did that mean? What does that mean to you when you say pray about it? Like literally, what is that for you?
1: To me, I thought to pray about it meant that I was going to say a prayer and poof, it was going to be gone.
0: Like, I mean, yeah. Okay, (laughs) you're touching on something that's kind of bugged me. For a long time, it's our um, I guess proclamations, and I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I for a long time I felt like we we've used prayer the same way we use we would use a genie in a bottle. You know, it's like well, I say these words are are a spell, um, and so yeah, we say the words, and then this thing is going to happen, and that's always kind of bugged me because I thought is that really what's is that how this works? I mean. Because it's, it's almost a let, because you, like you said, if you see other people it's saying. How it works. But you see the other people, you said, saying those prayers, <laughs> right? And then, and then change what happened to them. And then you go say the same prayer and nothing changes. So what was
1: that? I think for me, and this is strictly just for myself, I would always just say given prayers. Prayers that I was given growing up through religion, mm-hmm. through my faith. But I, myself, never seriously built a relationship with God. I never talked to Him Mm. one-on-one. I never really told Him, I love you, God.
0: What changed? You do that now.
1: Um, A dream that I had. Like, I I knew that other people had been praying for me. And I was in such a dark, dark spot. I didn't think that I would ever see light again. Like I would never, I didn't think I'd ever be happy again.
0: You know, that's why I asked you to come talk to me. You know, you and I've talked privately and I mean, we're private right now, but we know that other people are going to listen to this and I want to kind of get right into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing because you're, you're getting there right out the gate. Uh, the name of the show is Find the Good News. And really, it's just Find the Good is what I'm looking for. And so I asked you to come talk, and I'm so thankful that you did. Because as you know, I've said over and over again that what you, what's happened in your life and what's going on in your life, I think you're poised <clears throat> to be of particular a particular blessing to so many people by sharing one your story and just yourself and who you're becoming who you've been i mean i guess we all should think like that but finding the good in in the day-to-day for some people is really easy you know there's uh people we've had a guest on here who who really kind of admitted that that said i had a I guess a blessed life, you know, never hadn't really had any problems, but yet that person still goes out and does good in the world. But for a person like that, it might be very easy to see the, the sun behind the clouds, but knowing you, and, and I'm not going to tell your story for you, but knowing you and what I do know and the things you've shared with me, it's not as so, that's not so easy. So I, how have Excuse you, me got yourself, what's happened to get you back on a path to where you're finding God and finding good in in life and in other people and in the world again? So take me back. Just where have you been?
1: Okay. Um Just so your audience will know a little bit about me. Um, I was in oil field. My dad's, I grew up oil field. My dad was a roughneck. He was a tool pusher. <clears throat> My favorite place in the whole world was on the drilling rig with him. The past few years has kind of put me, he and I's relationship in a an uproar, a turmoil. We just recently started speaking again. Um, my husband was incarcerated in 2014, not, or yeah, I'm sorry, like February, 2015. We were married in 2014. Right after he was incarcerated, my little brother was murdered uh, on Edgar Street in Sulphur My brother was in and out of prison most of his life, but he and I were very, very close. Um, I'd say there's seven of us in my family and all seven of us are close. Uh, My dad lost his only sister when she was eight and he always said, take care of each other because you're all that you have and that's kind of what we did. And I knew immediately when my brother, when my brother took his last breath, I knew that I had changed. I was not the same person. I'll say that um, I had some anger, some resentment, some uh, feelings of vengeance. <clears throat> I wanted to get even with these people. And I had some pretty evil thoughts on how to get evil, uh, even. Um, my mother would try to talk to me about God. Other people would, and I didn't want to hear it. I don't talk to me about God. I don't want anything to do with God. I didn't even believe there was a God. Did left. you blame God? I think so. I think I did. Um, I didn't understand how he could take. How could he take my brother when he knew I needed so him? Did you the most. feel like
0: God took your brother at that time? Like yes, it was I God did. Who took
1: your brother? <clears throat> it was God ultimately, but it was these two boys too. And um, just to be honest, I wanted to kill both of them.
0: You had just bloodlust in your heart, yeah.
1: Much. Much, because I would have even gone probably further than that.
0: There's many of us have probably had feelings like that for much less. I mean, it's a pretty human yeah, reaction, too.
1: And I thought it was... And for me, that was, like, ruthless. To me, taking a life is the most most ruthless thing that you could do to another human being. So then I felt like, because I was thinking this, I wasn't forgivable anyway. Well... <clears throat> I knew that I had people praying for me. And just recently, I was telling a lady friend of mine, my husband told a story at Bible study. I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to my husband. I wouldn't take his phone calls. I wouldn't visit him. This is when he was in prison? Okay. I wouldn't visit him. And I did this for six months. He didn't see me. And he was telling a story at Bible study about fasting, and there were some little guys in the jail that were asking him why was he fasting, did fasting work, and I never did anything like that. I never fasted, uh, maybe through Lent, and he's telling them that yes, it works, and when they asked him why was he fasting, and he said, I haven't seen my wife in six months. I would like to see her just to know she's okay, and he said visitation came, they called everybody else out and they didn't call him. So he said, he's laying in his bed and he's a little bummed out, but he said he wasn't giving up, you know, faith yet. And these little guys were like, see, we told you it wasn't gonna work. And he said, all of a sudden they call him, Nathan McGee, can you come to Central? And he said, I got up and I went and he said, they were asking me about my visitation list. Long story short, I was there to visit him and they had allowed us a small visit. Both of us were wanting the visit so that we could tell the other one that we wanted a divorce. And when he came home, he came and got me. That was my first glimpse, other than my godfather allowing me to go to his house to eat, uh, take a shower, because I I ended up basically homeless because I had pushed everybody I, I didn't feel any love anymore. So when you
0: say homeless, you're talking on the street. Homeless. I was on the
1: streets. I was doing drugs. I, I just... I had a death wish. Um, when I tell you I was in a dark place, I just couldn't see past my nose, period. Everything was just dark. There was no light there. Um, one of my aunts, her younger brother ended up... Him and his wife let me stay at their house, John and Jerry, and... That being family, because I had someone else that let me stay with them for six months too, but this being family and there was no drugs allowed at the house, um, they were, and I knew they were trying to help me get my feet back planted solid, was my first glimpse of some, some kind of light because I wanted to be around family. I just didn't know how to incorporate myself back into the family because I felt like my family blamed me or like Blame. seeing seeing me not really blamed me for my brother's death but that if they seen me that was just going to be a bad reminder
0: so why I'm um, just <clears throat> so I understand and I think maybe so listeners understand <clears throat> why why did you feel like your family blamed you particularly for your brother's death?
1: Because I was with him when he died. Okay. Not, not really that they blamed me, like I said, but more so that for them to see me was just a bad reminder of that night. Yeah. And um, anyway, my husband came home from jail. He came and found me, uh, he brought me home and then some things transpired where he kind of fell, and I stepped away. And all this time I had been feeling like he had abandoned me, but yet I'm abandoning him. And And I'm saying all this to say he had been praying. My parents had been praying for me. My siblings had been praying for me. A lot of people in the community had been praying for me. And at the time, I couldn't see why I might be going through something of this nature. Mm. And to just to show how we never know what God's plan is gonna be. I feel like my husband had to fall this last time because as an addict, being around people that you're using with, it may hurt you when you see something happen to them, But sometimes it takes one little something to seriously impact you. Mm -hmm. And something had transpired during that time between my husband and I where I didn't feel sorry for him. I wasn't angry with him. But I was hurt. Yeah. And it was the first time that I could look at somebody else and say, wow, this is what I've been doing to everybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't feel sorry for them I'm not angry with them I hurt for them because I love them that much so that that reiterated my love for my husband it reiterated what I was doing to everyone else and not wanting to hurt anybody else so God was I feel like God was revealing things to me slowly because I may not have been receptive had it been all at one time
0: well you know I mean it's uh it's interesting because I mean you could have not survived those things and then the blessing to others wouldn't occur. So what makes the difference? How do you how do you survive yourself long enough? I mean if you had some insight to give to somebody on that. I mean there are a lot of people who can't survive the turmoil to get to the blessing. So how did you survive that or you just is that just um random or did what made it I, to where you could get through
1: i don't think it's random the first thing that i think i know my grandmother used to tell me years ago that there is power and i'll never forget her telling me that there is power in a praying spouse she used to tell me that if a spouse prays for their for their spouse while they're alive she said, "I just think that's because you're in a trinity. You're, it's you, yeah. Jesus, and and your spouse. You're partaking
0: in some. Uh, yeah, I gotcha.
1: So I can I contribute a lot of where I'm at right now to his prayers, to his fasting, to God answering his prayers. Um, the other would be my mother because I know she's had such a broken heart, and she does a lot of offering." and a lot of penance. and um, I know one time she had told me, this is the hardest thing for me to talk about. I usually cry whenever I say this about her. She would, if she thought that I didn't have somewhere to sleep, she would sleep on the floor instead of in the comfort of her bed and ask God, you know, lift that up Mm. for God to, to rescue me. So I think a lot of, the prayers that other people say have a lot of impact, and um, I just sometimes I think the way that I was raised, mm. um, I used to not understand my dad's roughness. You know, especially like, okay, hey, you have three, you have four daughters too. Why are you being so harsh? Mm. And be like I watch other girls' dads, and they're they're so easy, and possibly. They, my husband always says God allows or permits things because He knows everything. Um, maybe He has something for me to do.
0: You know, there's and this, I had
1: to start questioning that.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I, 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 this kind of thing interests me a lot because I've thought about this a lot, and I don't know that I've ever landed on one answer that's made a whole made perfect sense. But I did hear a, someone talk about that god and and if if everything is known is everything preordained and fate you know that type of thing and i think if we don't think about it we can we can start to think that oh we know every everything's um planned out but that sort of absolves our part in it when you take it that far you so oh well we're not involved in it but but if we have a choice, then how does that work? So he the way the way this, this person puts it, and, I, and I've chosen to adopt this sort of view for myself, is that, and it's the only way I can frame it to make any sense of it in my own intellect, is uh, God, what we call God, is really ultimately a mystery and unfathomable. And I'm okay with that, the mystery. I've come to find more comfort in the unknown than the known on that part. But I accept that God, whatever I mean by that, is outside of space and time, and that as a human being, I can only understand things in a linear way because we live in a, a in space-time where things go forward and uh, in a linear fashion. But when you're outside of that, it's kind of like the way this person described it to me. You, you've there's a TV show that you. Um, or a a football game that you want to watch, but you're out of town. And so while you're out of town, you record the game. Well, when you're driving home, your buddy calls you and starts to tell you about the game, and he tells you the score of the game. And you get upset because you go, I don't want to know the score. I recorded the game. And he's like, well, I'm sorry. Well, now you're driving home, and you know who won the game. But when you get home, you still watch the game. And all the people who played the game still had choices to make, and they still had things to do for that game to happen and for that score to be realized. That their free will was totally involved in that game. So they weren't taken out of it, but you still knew the score because you got to see it outside of time to some degree. And so for me, that little that little description made, me, it made sense. It was like, okay, so I can accept that, that god creator intelligence behind all outside of time unmovable unchangeable totally different than a human being which is in time on the linear path knows what happens because obviously knows the score already yeah you know and i don't know if that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense but it it was for me it was an explanation i could accept that in the terms of providence and fate and destiny and things like that. And I, I've come to feel like certain things happen. If you live through things, you get just, especially if you're in a prayerful life, which is communicating with God, um, you get little peeks at that and you get these feelings, almost like I'd say it's an intuition where you feel something in alignment. That's the word I've always used. I don't know. Does that all that? Does that, yeah. you, you can relate to some of that with what you've experienced?
1: Yeah. But with me, it was um, more than just feeling that it's in a line. Um, God has shown me, physically shown me some things. I'm pretty stubborn. And, I, you know, I've heard it in AA or AA before that most addicts are, we need something tangible that we can see. And um, I know I would I would ask, um uh, you know, for the past three years I would ask God if he's here, you know, if he's alive, uh, if he's not dead, if he's with you in heaven, if he's not in hell, can you show me that?
0: Oh. You're talking about your brother?
1: Yeah. And that cause that ultimately was the thing the anchor that was weighing me down. And um and Was
0: he, was that you wanted to know? Yes. Is your brother Yes. What's happened to my brother? He, yes. Yeah, he's died. But yes. if you believe that he's went on...
1: Then I could be, I could be okay. That's like... Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people in general have. Uh, there was a gentleman just recently, this young girl, OD'd, and this man was saying something the other day about someone asking him, uh, did, she, did she ever get saved? You know was she did she believe in God? And he was like, "Why don't people think about those things before we die? well, I there's only one person in my life that I've ever but other than my children, obviously that I've ever even questioned that with, like is it you know, watching him, and it was someone who let me stay at their house and I, and I got very close to this person. and I guess because my brother's death heightened my awareness, if you care about people. You know, I've participated in a lot of stuff in his life that landed him in jail that maybe took him away from his children um It's not always easy to just think about the next person's soul, especially if you're still young and you're not even thinking about your own mm. you know so um and I mean, that's a good question. Why didn't they think about that before? but we're getting older, some of us.
0: Yeah, it's natural to start thinking about mortality Yeah. when it's, well, and, and then when, what happ-
1: when yeah, you lose somebody. Yeah, with me somebody. it became so, you know, right there. He was fixing to be 45 months after he got killed, he was 41. Or would it have been, he was 41 when he got killed, so he'd have been 42. That's still young. Mm-hmm. You know, this This other person that I'm talking about, that the gentleman's person, his family member was 36 years old. Like. 36-year-olds, hmm. that's still, for some people, that's still being a kid. Some people aren't even mature at that age. Right. Yeah, so they're right. not. And definitely, if you're out... In, As a
0: parent, that's that's your child. At 36, is fairly, that's young.
1: Yeah. And if you're out there in active addiction, chances are you're not thinking about it either. Hmm. Yeah. You're, yeah. Only, you're only thinking about the right now. <sighs> you know, you're not thinking about the... But, but back to what we were saying about Chip... Um, You know, God revealed some things to me through other people, through you, through um, just through several other people, just where he was. And then I had the dream. Um, I was staying with Chip's best friend and his wife, and uh, she really didn't, she's a preacher too, and she never pumped me to go to church or anything like that. They were both very gentle with me. Um, while I was there at their place, I had a dream about Chip where I I woke up and I just felt full. The anger that I had felt, the darkness that I had been feeling, anything that was left of that was gone. And I'm not going to say that I don't still feel some... Just this past week, um, I had a fleeting thought, Mm -hmm. uh, about using. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time in five months that I've had even...
0: What is that thought like? I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, I can. I'd. I, 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 what is it like when you have that feeling, that thought? What does it feel like? I mean, what are this? What is the thought like?
1: Um, I've never really been able to notice the thought process before. Usually, I would get mad about something and just go get high. Okay. Um, but I was sitting there. My husband's work at work, and I was sitting there thinking, man, I've gained some weight since I stopped using. I could, you know. It's hard to tie my shoes sometimes (laughs) because I'm used to being so skinny. So I was like, okay, I could, you know, I could do just a little bit of dope while he's at work, and that's as far as the thought went. Yeah, fleeting. Usually, I'll go full circle with the thought.
0: It'll take over, right? So you have the thought, and then you're on the train.
1: But the difference in this, and and I'm not knocking any. 12-step programs. I would never do that because sure, it helps a lot they of work for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worked for me before for two years. But um, but I never put God in the equation. So I'm going to have to say that's what's working for me this time is because I'm staying connected. Like I go to Bible study. I go to see my act sisters on Tuesday night. I say my rosary. I, I've been saying chaplets. I've been doing... A lot of other prayer. And I'm happy. I know it.
0: You've probably heard me mention filming videos, building websites, creating logos, or building brands on this podcast. Well, there's a good reason for that. I'm a brand builder, and my brand is Parker Brand Creative Services. My team and I have built countless brands in the Gulf Coast region, and a lot of our work in the travel and tourism industry is experienced across the country, and honestly, the whole world. We have our specialties, web, logo, package, and whole brand design, as well as video production and photography. But the reality is we function as a full-service advertising agency to businesses that don't really mesh well with larger advertising agencies or just don't want to have in-house creative departments. But don't listen to what I say. Just go to our website, parkerbrandup.com, and take a look at what we do. We're a show it, don't say it team. Okay, you should definitely say it too, but you know what I mean. That's parkerbrandup.com. We think sideways, we push forward, and we'll get your brand up.
1: Take this, you've earned it. A melody in chorus. My sister gave me a pamphlet that's spiritual warfare. I've been reading those prayers out of there. Um someone else gave me a prayer prescription to try to ward off any evil that I have accepted as part of my life, which I consider the addiction. Mm-hmm. Um I've done a a, a novena Specifically, asking God to remove my the addiction, you know, of the addiction of to drugs. Because well, I believe that we all have probably more than one addiction in life. That would be the one that weighs me down the most. That would be the one that takes me away from the furthest away from God. So, um, and I couldn't see that before. I can even it's like a veil was has been lifted. From my eyes, I can see the different areas of my life where the addiction, da- it, it damaged my children. It hurt my parents. It hurt my husband. It almost split up my marriage. Um, I just recently f- finished some stuff that's going to um, enable me to get my marriage blessed in the church, which I know for some people that's not an important thing, but for that's me as a Catholic, for your path. Yeah. it's... Uh, it's very important to me, and I thank God that my husband respects. You know, he's not Catholic, but he respects that, and we meet each other halfway. Yeah, uh, and and that's an area of my life that's been um, enhanced through the prayer life. Is because I was never willing to meet him halfway before. I want yeah. him to meet me all the way, but see, I meet him halfway. You're you're
0: getting into another thing that's really important to me. And it's uh, something that I have kind of a problem with. Is uh, I, I fully believe what you're saying and, and agree with that. I think we have to meet people halfway. We have to. You're in a marriage where your husband's not Catholic. You are, but you just said that in a positive way. But he's willing to do this, and he's willing to meet me halfway, and you meet him halfway. Yeah. And that's how it's going to work, whether he ever becomes Catholic or not. I think some outside of your marriage and a lot of us are like this. And I think our church communities can be like this too. That acceptance is really great on a one-on-one level and it works and y'all can make that work. But if you get in a larger group and a larger community, then I think sometimes tribalism takes over and then we're not willing to do that. I've, said this often because I've experienced it firsthand
1: <clears throat>
0: that the tribe says, no, we want you, but we don't want you as you are. We're not willing to meet you halfway. You can come to us, but we're going to stay right here. Yeah. And that's, um, for me. And again, i again, I don't know. This is ego. Maybe I, I struggled with that, that ideal because I don't know it it's against the the promptings of my heart. I just feel like people need to be gone too, yeah, you know, and they need to know that people want to meet them halfway, accept them where they're at. I mean, in your journey, how many people accepted you where you were at and and you know just loved you? I mean, was that something you experienced? No, no,
1: no, you experienced that. Okay, I'm, and I'm going to say maybe this is because you get used to it, like um, the street people. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm not going to say it's because you get used to it, because they accepted me when I was out there. Mm. And there's a lot of them that still will reach out to me. Man, it's so good to see you. You know, and and not reach out to me trying to pull me back down. Right, right. I've been which is really, good
0: to see you, Ann, How are you? We yeah, you. I
1: I've been really blessed in that area because the majority of the people that saw me out there are like, man, it's so good to see that you're doing good, and um, and I've gotten to a spot to where I, it's the first time ever that I feel like, okay, I have to continue doing good. I can't I can't allow myself to fall back into this rut. Because I, I have all these people who need to see that it can you can overcome.
0: Yeah, because you still have people that you know and love and care about who are still stuck in yes. that world. So, yeah, you can show
1: them what's
0: working for you, what's changing your life. Because they, they probably knew, you probably, I'm sure, shared where a lot of that came from.
1: I didn't even really have to share that my brother was well known so all okay. all these people already knew they knew um I mean it, it spread through sulfur like before we ever even left the hospital I had people call on my phone. Yeah. Um I had people from other prisons, you know, from that knew my brother from jail, from prison, trying to reach out to all of us. And um so it's not that I didn't have people trying to reach out to me. I just, it's like, I, I can't explain the darkness that consumed me. And, I'm, and I mean in an immediate manner. And I know that it was the hatred and the anger. Mm. I know that it was that I was that mad about him being murdered and that that's what caused, that's what caused me to use, that's what caused me to push everybody away. Um, I'll say I was diagnosed with severe PTSD. And my husband kept telling me this, and this is one of the reasons that I pushed him away. Pray about it, talk to God, he'll remove that. And I'd tell him, I, Don't talk to me about God. I'd hang up on him. Knowing he had a 15 minute call, I'd hang up on him. I didn't want to hear about it. And if I just would have not been so hard headed and listened, you know, so, and then that touches on another thing. He's, um, you know, my husband's always talked to me about if you would just let me lead. And and then whenever I talk about meeting halfway, well, he wasn't Catholic and I was. And so how could he lead me? Mm. Well, well he's, at this point, he's doing a pretty good job of right, leading me. Because,
0: you know, you're getting into a territory that I find myself in more often than not. And that is when we cling so tightly, we can really make things hard. Because God's pretty broad. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, I'm sure, and I know from, and I don't want to bring up what you don't want to, if you don't want to talk about something, because I mean, you know, we've talked about a lot, but you, when you were on the street, uh, you told me that people from different faiths helped you, you know, in, in different ways. Yes. And you
1: know? see what you were talking about a while ago about like the tribe, um, yeah. I associate a lot with um, another one other church. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying one other church. There's several other churches. The Biker Church in Sulphur. Mm-hmm. They they feed the homeless every yeah. day. Um, they were my first, and during those three years, they would say a blessing and read a little Bible verse before they do their meal, and everybody would ask me. And you can come eat with us, and I tell them no nah, i'll I'll come by after wait till the the back part opens, you know the little store part mm-hmm. where people go look and pick stuff out, but I wasn't going to eat with them because i was I didn't feel like I should go on their church grounds and pray because I didn't believe the same thing mm. they believed um and that's how embed- that's how embedded. My, not. I'm not going to say my religion. I'm going to say the word religion or, mm. you know, thinking that I was Catholic. All right? When truly I wasn't Catholic either because I wasn't practicing Sure. anything that I... I wasn't going to communion. I wasn't... Right. You, know, you there, had the paperwork. There, there yes. I had yeah. exactly... You had the pedigree. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: We, I think a lot of us are guilty of that. Uh. And I don't know. I can only speak for myself. I never had the pedigree, you know? I mean and I'm okay with that. I've never, it's never bothered me. I mean, I had, my baptism was, you know, made the decision myself as a young man's and that was at one church. My father, you know, I'm going to use the word that he was called so many times by his own faith. He was a backslider, you know, and he didn't want to go to church because of that. He was raised in, 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 in a church and in a faith. And then that faith basically turned on him the minute they thought he was a you know a sinner so he was kind of outcast so he didn't preach or push religion my mom didn't really do it my aunt and uncle brought me to a baptist church and then as i got older i just kind of meandered around until i had an experience with god which really wasn't in a church so you know the path i took for me what i discovered was and i don't know the right word but i thought i said god in all worlds i mean i started to see god at play and I thought, man, we really do kind of put our own rubber stamp on God, and we tell people who God is and what God is. And But I'm not experiencing that. I'm finding God in all kinds of places and all kinds of people at work in just the smallest ways and great ways. I don't know. I thought that was beautiful. but And so I saw that same thing in, in Jesus and Christ. But it seems like for what's happened for me is i find it more in people Mm -hmm. and in their heart than i do in the tribes because the tribes it's like a mindset that almost i don't know it becomes more important than the people and i think god loves his people so much and when i see people loving people I see God there so I don't know I, I that's partly why when I see I, some of our private conversations when, that we've had I see God in you so clearly when you talk about serving others and then you talk about the suffering you've been through and I think what I think you and I had talked about this mm-hmm. um, saying that uh, through our pain and through our shame God creates virtues that would not have existed had we not first suffered and you have this happening and I mean I'm what you know, what you've shared.
1: Yeah. My my dad made sure uh that his kids, even though there were seven of us, we never wanted for nothing. You know, um I mean never wanted for anything. I had name brand clothes, uh I, I hung out with all the popular kids. Um and I used to say, I can't stand a spoiled rich brat. And I was a spoiled rich brat. Maybe my parents didn't have millions of dollars, but we didn't hurt. When you have seven kids and you can feed them and you can put them all in name-brand clothes, you can buy horses, you can buy go-karts, you can buy four-wheelers. Yeah, you had
0: a, a pretty good I had setup. An, you
1: know? I had a nice childhood in comparison to a lot of other kids. I had both of my parents. Uh, they've never been divorced. They're still married. Um, I was definitely blessed with love. Mm. Um and I'd see other people. I can remember a time being... I was in Orange, Texas. Mm. Uh, used to, if you called in your unemployment when you got laid off, you had to go to Orange because mm. you had to call from a Texas number the very first time oh. to set it up. So I went to Orange because I worked construction. I'm going to go... And I'm going to call in because i had been working in Texas. So I'm going to call in my unemployment. Next week, I can just do it from the house. Well, I get there and there's this woman going from truck to truck to truck to truck at this truck stop. So it's obvious what she's doing. And I had a dollar something on me and I wanted an Icy so bad. An Icy? (laughs) I wanted, it was hot, it was in August. I wanted an Icy so bad. And I can remember going and getting her a bottle of water. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But what it prompted me to was there was another woman coming through the parking lot, and you can tell she was kind of an up-to-do. And the lady asked her something, and I couldn't see from where I was what she asked her, but I had a feeling it was probably for some water or something like that. And the lady, you could see she was being snide and rude to her, and she just walked off. So, um, But that's what being homeless or on the streets did for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like um one of my favorite songs during that time was Does Anybody See Her. Mm. And I can't remember which group it is, Mercy Me or maybe not Mercy Me, it's one of one of the gospel groups it sings cuz it's a gospel song. And the name song. of the
0: song is Did Anybody See Her. Does
1: anybody see her casting okay. crowns okay. sings it. Does anybody see her? And um it shows a woman trying to come into the church and other you know women who are dressed nice and stuff turning and looking at her. And she's in shabby looking clothes. And uh, one of the things that struck me was does uh, all they see is her scarlet letter, Mm. and they haven't even met her. Yeah. You know, and uh, it talks about her going down. And at the end of the video, it shows a guy. Mm -hmm. You know, is anybody seeing? Mm -hmm. So it's not just a female, but it's the males too. And it's like when you're out there, and you see people looking down on other people, and you know that you've been looked down upon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would want to say, I'm not even like these people. right? Even though I was out there, I still was struck with so much pride that yeah. I'm not like these yeah. people. Yeah, we probably I'm all different. do
0: that all day, every day. I'm sure on some I'm level we were all doing these that. these people.
1: Well, what yeah. do you do whenever it's, how do you act anymore whenever it's those people mm-hmm. that are feeding you? that are helping you make sure that you have clothes when it's those people that make sure you have shelter or you see little bands of them sometimes they're taking care of each other they're protecting one another it's mostly not that not always just a homeless person that you have to worry about mm. you know what about that rich kid that owned the gun that shot my brother Right. You know, you don't ever know where it's going to come from. Sure. But you never know where you're going to see God either. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. I will, well, I think
0: we're not looking. I mean, not, not to say everybody isn't, but I mean, we're wrapped up in so many things going on. Sometimes it's very easy to not try to see God in the ordinary. You know, you know
1: God keeps, um, He keeps placing people in my path where... And I don't think I'd have been able to see it as God before, where he almost makes it impossible for me not to try to forgive. Like constant reminders. Yeah. Um, There's a little person that I've met. Um, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say who his mom is. I'm just going to say that he belongs to one of the guys that was there that night. Mm. And um, this child has recently made it very clear to me that there are people in the community that have been very ugly to him.
0: Because of what happened. Because of who
1: his father is. Right. And because of what his father did to my brother. So
0: the sins of the father get cast on the son or the daughter. And this you know.
1: child, it, it it pains me to know that and and then it pain then it adds pain on top of pain because you're wondering like how could I even think about this guy's kid? Yeah. Who gives a a crap, mm-hmm. you know? He killed my brother. But it pains me to think that a child has to suffer because of something they had no control over mm-hmm. and he's a very humble child
0: and and you know and that what you just said describes a lot of people in the world you're paying a price for something that somebody else did i mean that can be you can take a broad view on that or a small community view on that but somewhere some it kind of gets back into a bigger it thing that i wanted to talk to you about and, and you said it and it stuck out to me when you talked about your mom sleeping on the floor Are fasting because I have wondered about those things because I've done things like that too, and I think at some on some level maybe for me and I'll just say me after searching my own thoughts on it I thought well there's been different times in my life where I've done different things like that and I've had different feelings about it so on one part of me I feel like I'm making I'm striking some kind of bargain with God and I. Honestly, I've never liked that. That's just me like I'm gonna make a deal with God, I'll do this. I'll take this suffering upon myself that whatever that may be. I mean I'm using that word probably inappropriately, not really suffering, but I'm gonna give this up and then I'm gonna get this back or I hope I'm gonna get this back. And as I've gotten more mature, I hope, that's just seems like such for me anyway, like a kid's way of viewing things what I've come to believe is that there's um, everything already is, right? Kind of like we talked about. And so, and I guess it goes back to, I'm going to use a, something from uh, physics. Matter is, there's no, no new matter created or destroyed. There's no new energy in the universe. So when something is taken away, something has to fill that space. There's no, there's no such thing as a true void. I mean, it's kind of like when you uh, dig, a, dig out a hole or dig a ditch at the edge of a river or something. That water rushes in to fill that space. So what I, what I guess I'm getting at is your mom laying on the floor and taking something out of her life in some supernatural sense, is making room for something else. And I mean, I take that back, and that's how I view Christ's sacrifice. I view it as a price for a massive debt has to be paid because it has to be paid. You can't dig a hole and then take that dirt, right, and then go, that dirt's gone. That dirt has to go somewhere. It's got to be put somewhere, and you can spread it out and pretend like it it didn't exist anymore, but that dirt is out there still, and that's how sacrifice works. So what I see happening, hmm, I guess it's kind of like this talking about the the children that have to pay the price. Somebody's got to pay. It may feel like, oh, I got away with that, or it may feel like I did this thing, and you know, it's, uh, I don't, the suffering doesn't need to come on me. But then, like you said, now this kid is paying the price. So the, the dirt gets dispersed. It yeah. gets spread out. We forget about it, but it's still out there. Yeah. Does that make sense in a spiritual so. way? I mean, is that kind of what you're, I'm probably making that way more <laughs> complex, but that's kind of how I, <laughs> I frame things. I mean, there's this book, I brought it up in a couple other episodes that I read back when I kind of first started waking up. To the reality, the reality that there's something else going on. It was just a, uh, there's something else going on to life. It's not just secular yeah know? And uh, one of the, one of the lines in there says that uh, it's like the bending of a bow when you pull the string. the bottom comes up and the top goes down. And so there's always something. you, you, can't, you don't pull a string uh-huh. and then one end goes down. And so that's kind of how I think sacrifice and suffering works to some degree. Yeah. Something's being and see, bent.
1: All, all my life, my, I've, I've heard my grandma and my mom and all of them talk about when you sacrifice things for God. And then I've heard you know other, other things. Like I'll say, for instance, I've never sat still long enough to view his beauty as a sign of his promises. Mm. I went to drop my husband off at work. I guess probably about, uh, it's been about a month since I made my actual treat. So I'm going to say about three weeks ago. And I'm, as I'm dropping him off, it's like almost seven ish in the morning, you know, or, or maybe a little before that, right about the time the sun's fixing to come up. I've never seen a rainbow mm. at that time of the morning. There was no rain outside, no nothing, and there's a rainbow all the way across the sky behind the tent where he's working. hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, thank you, God. Yeah. To me, that was God's revealing himself. Like, I'm still here for you.
0: Yeah. You know, just you know it's,
1: little, little things. We it's can, we can, things.
0: we can forget to look at the wonder. We were, I was just talking about this with another guest. It's so easy to just dismiss the wonder, um, because it's it's apparent i mean there's design and color and and we can you can throw it into the science category if you want to but i don't see it that way i go well yeah okay we understand scientifically yes but still these things are happening and they're aligned kind of mm-hmm. so all these alignments have to take place all these things have to happen and they're doing this and it's just uh <clears throat> to me that's like saying a. Uh, a clock just runs on its own you know it builds itself and then runs I don't know that that just doesn't happen there's too much out there too much beauty and if you sat really sit and look at anything you can find it but I guess that gets into the my really big question and why I think people like you are special are good because and this might be a hard question I don't know if you want to answer it I'm just gonna ask it anyway Now, do you, on any level, look at what happened with your brother and find God's beauty in it?
1: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I recently made a retreat. And, uh, okay, this is going to throw a few things into just kind of throwing them all in at once. My brother's burst on is pink. Mm -hmm. His favorite color was pink. Um... I went to a retreat, and the color that, that they chose for our shirts was pink. Uh-huh. Or they said rose, but it's pink. Yeah. Which is a color of the sky. So that, and, and this made it, because I love sunsets. So this really, it's kind of coincidental, but it's really, they and maybe it's not, because they said they prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to guide everything they do, everything they choose. So the colors for this retreat's pink color of sky. Um, So every time I think about my brother, his birthstone, his favorite color, the sky, you know, I think about this retreat that was, and it was very intense for me, the retreat was. Um, The song they picked, there, there were two of them. There's one song that's about the broken But the one that really stood out to me is, um, I'm trying to think of the name, it's uh, By Need to Breathe, Your Love is Like Radiant Diamonds. Mm -hmm. And it talks about God's love will surely come find you. And uh, I was singing that song with somebody on the phone the other day, just like, and he did, and that's exactly what he did. He came and he found me. He took me from, feeling hatred and everything to a spot where I could say, thank you God for allowing me to tell my brother to tell you that he was sorry. Thank you for allowing me to be in the way so that he could have a, a death that was dignity, it dignified to some degree, not to some degree, he died a death that was extremely dignified he stepped out and took a bullet for what he thought was another human being. I appreciate that today. I couldn't before because before it was like, why me, why did they not kill me too? Um, why did I have to live knowing my ba- I, I was older than he was? Why didn't they kill me instead of my baby brother? And uh, being that he was in and out of prison You know, my mom and other people would say, at least he didn't die in prison. Mm. And I would be like, don't, you know, don't even go there with me. You're not the one that has to live knowing that you lived through that. So it was like guilt. It was a guilt thing for me. And it's not today. Really? It's not. um, Yeah. I know that what I felt after my brother came to me in that dream. mm Mm-hmm. There is no way that you could convince me that somebody in hell could fill somebody up with that much love. So, given that, I say, thank you, Lord, because he never has to hear another clank mm. behind so, him.
0: So you, <clears throat> so you were living in a situation where you just had this feeling of... Uh... Doubt, Right, you didn't know. You you didn't know. Did you feel like your brother? You, you felt like your brother was dead, and then that was it. He was dead, right? You yeah. didn't feel. Now, well, how do you feel?
1: Now today, um,
0: do you think of your brother? I mean, I asked you this a while back, and I know what you said, but I mean, do you go? Oh, my brother's dead. My brother's not dead. Yeah. Okay. I thought you know, that's I, what you said. I
1: told my I told my daughter a while back. We're standing on the porch at on the river. It was raining and she was crying. And she said something about uh, it was when my brother, my brother, my other brother made a retreat also. And um, my daughter said, I wish Uncle Chip could have been there to see Uncle Wayne today because it would have changed his life. And I said, Me and Uncle Wayne's lives are changing because of Uncle Chip. Mm -hmm. Because your Uncle Chip's not dead, he's very alive. And he's praying for us.
0: I think that um, it's interesting because I've thought this for a while. Or not thought it. It's really just a conversation that I've had with a a lot of different people. Uh, Because people have different feelings about this, the afterlife. And, you know, your brother is a perfect example of the way I have felt for a very long time. So often, and, and it's interesting because you said he never has to hear another door clank behind him. I and mean, you're talking about prison or jail. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us take the afterlife like it is a prison. Even if you believe in heaven or hell, whatever your belief system is, I say you believe in heaven, but some people treat heaven just like a prison. It's like, well, they've died and they're in heaven, and someday I'm going to be with them again. But I, you know, it's like they, uh, There's a separation And there is I mean there's something different We're on We're in our bodies still But They I always say Call it heaven jail
1: I can't physically see him Right But I know But he's he's not in jail No You can still talk to
0: him. him There's still, he's still, he's living in a way that maybe we can't understand. Yeah. That's the thing that, and that's comforting to me. Yeah. I, I don't find, take thinking of heaven as a, a concrete block, block, like it's a, a nuclear bunker that all of, the, all of the loved ones and all, you know, the souls of departed people are in and they're just completely shut off. Um, that doesn't sound like anything that anybody wants either. To be in, to shut off from those they love. Uh, love to me radiates. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it, it, radiation, you know, how can it radiate if it's in a bunker? It doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. to me. And, 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 and my, not just to my intellect, but to my heart as well.
1: Yeah. And see, I think a lot of times too, um, maybe what I was thinking in the past, like I heard this this week at Bible study, you don't go up to here. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: on a high and then come way Mm. down to the bottom then back way up to the top then way down to the bottom you plateau out Mm. you know it's gonna be there may be a bump or two in there I had my valley and I was at an all time low after my brother died I thought I was when my grandpa died but I know that was like a kind of a Mm. dip and a back up some and I you know Today versus then is i there are some things that I know for sure now. I know that I will lose probably a parent i'm I'm one of seven, so either I'll be next or I'll lose one more of the other five siblings that I still have living um there's all kind of things that could transpire between now and my death yeah it is um. How am I going to handle them? Am I going to handle them for the glory of God and call on Him when my heart's hurting and offer that up in union with His sacrifice on the cross? Mm -hmm. Um, Or am I going to pitch a fit like a a two-year-old again and go run out and get out? Yeah. And say, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. One thing I know for sure now is that I can deal with it. So, Be- get- Because he's showing me that.
0: So, when you were, when, so you just mentioned that again, and just to help me understand the mindset of that or what that's like, the compulsion to get high or use, was that something that, was it escapism? Was yes, that how it starts? Indeed. It's escapism?
1: Don't, you don't want to, I, I, I may not have known that initially. Mm-hmm. You know, like first time was probably to get drunk with some other kids or something like Trying to sneak around, high school kids doing whatever they do, but then you notice, you you notice there's something different about you when you're doing it. Either you feel you feel like you're more seen, or either you feel like you're more not. You know, whatever that person's desire and where they need to be different. For me, it was a numbing agent. Mm. That's what I've used it for my whole life.
0: Just to kind of go kill feelings and things like yeah, okay,
1: yeah, because I'm I'm one that um, I can be as compassionate as they come, or I can be the meanest person you ever met in your life. My husband would probably vouch for that, but um, when I'm using, I can turn all feelings and emotion off immediately.
0: And that just wrecks everything, doesn't it? I mean, it gets involved. Embol- it hurts your kids, your parents, your I siblings, definitely, right?
1: definitely hurt my children. Definitely. My parents, my siblings, yes. I've, I've and I I tend to say a lot of really hurtful things when I'm like that. Mm. Like I'm a totally opposite person. I shouldn't even be allowed around people when I'm
0: There yeah, you probably I would wager you're not alone in that. You know, I mean, some people are like that just from being tired. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, some people can't just have, can have a bad morning. Yeah. And uh, that's how it's going to be the rest of the day. And that just paints the day or the week or whatever. I mean, I mean, you know, and look, uh, we're all just people and it is hard and, and it's not like the world's getting any, I don't know, it's getting more, I guess it's getting easier, but it's getting harder at the same time.
1: There were two other things, too, that you had mentioned that made me... You, you were saying going to, like, talking about going to people or, yeah. you know, when you're in the church. And there, that was something else that I'd heard not too long ago is that God doesn't tell us to go sit in the church and pray and do nothing.
0: Yeah, faith, yeah, faith without faith works, without right, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You have to go out there. He doesn't tell you that if somebody's struggling for... He doesn't tell the hurt to come to you. He tells you to go to the hurt.
0: Sure, you know, and if somebody does come to you, don't turn them away. I mean, yeah. that's something that uh, I've struggled with is, since I was very young. Is, is unfortunately, <clears throat> and I don't know why, is just really falling into others, other people's despair. And I mean, not just people close to me, but people I can't even help, can't even, or I think I can't help begin to help and really just kind of sinking into that and <clears throat> for a long time the weeping that would occur over these just terrible tragedies i mean really i'm talking big one you know the big stuff famine pestilence poverty abuse Imprisonment—I mean, you name it. That's the kind of war, <laughs> golly. I mean, I was just—I those types of things would bring me to these deep contemplations and meditations on them, and then just sorrow, weeping. Well, I had to reframe that. I mean, it, I don't ignore it, but I had now I found a place for it, <clears throat> and and that was really through the suffering on the cross, because I can frame those things now and say. Kind of like that hole that I said got dug out of the ground and that dirt got dispersed. Well, now I know the, uh, uh, <laughs> that price is being paid, mm-hmm. pouring out for all time. Um, it doesn't mean to, not ignore, to ignore them and not try to work. It actually is in, in motivating too. And now I know there's a strength there that I can draw on because before I felt helpless and hopeless. What can I do? What can I do? How can I help? I'm not going to be able to do anything. Oh, well. And it sort of creates an apathy to where we begin to look at problems like uh, a homeless person or a child that needs help or uh, anything. And this just goes, well, that's somebody else's problem. That's somebody else's problem.
1: You know, in the Bible, I was reading the Bible this past week. Um, I read it all the time now especially if I'm looking for something or somebody challenges me, but they have a a place in there, I'm not sure exact scripture, where God is telling us that we we are created for Him. So ultimately what happens by us being created for Him is that we search and we seek. Our whole life, even if we don't realize that we're searching or we're seeking, that big gaping hole we feel is where we're searching and we're seeking for Him and um, and His love. And you find that through each other. Mm-hmm. You find that through each other. No, I've experienced And I've experienced I'll, that, I'll yeah. give you an example. I was telling um, a preacher, I, I'm not even sure where Mr. Dorsey's from, but his son was a friend of mine on the street. And um, he was asking me some questions not too long ago because he's incarcerated right now. And I was telling him, I said, you know, I just want to give you a little hope
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where your son is concerned. Just so that you can see that because he's an addict, you know, parents so often will say, where did I go wrong? This guy would go to the biker church and he'd get a plate and he would take it and he'd go as fast as he could because their their lunch is like 30, 40 minutes. He'd run across to one house and bring this plate to one person. He would do that about four times. There was like three or four of us girls that were out there that was... And he would make sure every day that every single one of us females ate. And, um... That may be the only time we see him during the day is when he would come swooping in and drop off a plate of food. Mm-hmm. But that told me that he had some he had some kind of good in him. And that sometimes when we help one person, we think that we're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And the biker church may think they just feed that little bitty handful of people that comes there. But really... They're feeding a whole bunch more than just the ones that are there, right. without even without even realizing it, because what you do for one sometimes that one yeah I'll shoot across and do for many
0: yeah. Well, I mean I've experienced that. You know, I it's kind of like Mercy mornings. You know that whole experience with that in in it's been sort of dualistic. I mean it's been good and it's been bad. I've seen both. Things I've seen people come close and do exactly what you just said. Like one small word change someone's life, and then I've seen people hurt each other, all at the same event, you know, and uh, say things that hurt people and disregard people. And so, you know, the but the people that I have seen that one thing, one day, one moment helps those. People, I see these bright lights. They, they've changed. They change. They take action. Uh, I don't know. It's just something special. It's like a fire. It's like it, it, it's embers that just sort of spread out, and that one little maybe not all of them. Some of them are going to cool in the air, but every once in a while, one of them lands on something that's just ripe for combustion. You know, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think we have to kind of catch them and nurture them. I, I had you talk about dreams and and visions and things like that and i think sometimes people might shy away from that kind of thing go oh i don't know that's suspect that's strange don't trust that you need to just get back to the old nuts and bolts you know but i i tend to feel the opposite i, I think i might find my heart move on those kinds of inspirations and and early on when i was going through a hard time a few years back and started really it's really getting up in the morning and going on these long walks and trying to have a relationship with my creator again. That happened a few times. And, and I had this little fire pit that I would start a fire every morning. And uh, this one particular morning, I was walking and it had cooled down. And the night before I had had the fire and it was all, you know, white ash. But as I was walking back home, the sun had maybe hadn't quite crested, you know, over the horizon, really cold. I walked over to that pit and I just felt my heart just fill. And I was thinking about how I thought all these years of just being immersed in business and taking care of other people's problems and just working all the time, uh, there was this small like bugging voice in the back of my brain that was like, there's something missing, there's something missing. And once I finally woke up and knew what it was, I was like, oh, I remember. Why did I bury this for so long? And as all this is kind of happening, I walk up to that little fire pit and it's just, you could walk by that fire pit and never look at it again. But I stopped there and I, I moved the ashes away, took a stick and dug down and down at the bottom there was just a little, a little ember. And so I got on my knees and uh, started putting little sticks on there and started blowing on it. And it just, before long, 30 minutes, I was throwing logs in there and it was a warm fire. My wife came outside and I was just in tears and she's like, what is going on? And I was like, it's never gone. We just have to take a doggone minute sometimes and blow on it. We have, to, we have to blow on it, and then before long, it's a raging fire, you know? And that was what really happened to me. I just, I felt like maybe uh, things were lost. Hope was lost. Hope, you said hope a mm-hmm. minute ago. Hope was lost. Now I know hope is just, hope's a, a little ember at the bottom of a fire pit you know, and you just gotta nurture it and put it in a little bird's nest and, and blow on it a little bit, and but and it has the same potential and power that it originally had from the original maybe spirit or fire that you found. You yeah. know,
1: I think, uh, um, you know, for this whole community talking about sulfur in general, from what I've seen, like, and you're talking about hope, we forget so easily. What it is to love our neighbors mm. to treat people with kindness, and that's where um I was listening to something the other day and and it was talking about the you know where God tells us to stay childlike mm-hmm. I think it was in mass actually, we forget to be humble, sure, we forget to be kind, mm-hmm. little kids are all those things, yeah,
0: they learn. To be cruel from us a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about this in one of the past episodes, and when uh, I, I hear, a, I heard some boys talking, and they they were saying some things, and I remember, I was a child too, but I do remember clearly that that sound doesn't sound like a kid. He sounds like an adult. Like that doesn't sound like something. I wondered where he got it from because yeah. I even then I thought this is not the way we talk, is it? I mean, I don't know. It was just some, something was wrong. And I was like, oh, this is learned behavior. It came from somewhere. It was taught. It, they've seen it. They absorb what we put out there.
1: And see, my dad was, um, you know, when you're talking about the learning from ultimately where I'm at now, I contribute to my parents, my siblings, and my husband. To the, the unconditional love and I, I've not even thought about that before, just right now. The unconditional love that every single one of them has bestowed upon me, you know, no matter what. And I always say that's how I love to chill, no matter what. my I, I've never, you know, I've heard stories about my brother, I've heard stories about my dad. I have never seen my dad be ugly to another human being, other than when he's discipline one of us, fussing at us, or when him and my husband are, they are like best friends, so sometimes he'll say something, Nathan will say something to him, but to ultimately just see my dad be rude to another human being, I can't say that I have ever seen that, ever. It's like he never met a stranger, and he used to tell me growing up, never stop being a kid, because when you do, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. You know, like, he had that mentality about him, like, just stay fun, enjoy life. hmm Um, but he feared God, too, you know, and my mom had us in church. She had us kneeling down at the house, praying with each other. Um, and we've done that since before Chip's died, since he's died, you know, got together and had family prayer, just all of us
0: mm-hmm. and our
1: spouses. And, uh. And I do firmly believe that that's what brought me back, what helped me to see God again or to want to live again. Because I was no different than anybody else. I have scars on my arms from attempted suicides. Um,
0: So you've been at the bottom. I mean, that's what I've heard you say.
1: I've been all the way to the bottom. And you found your way out of the hole. God found me. Yeah. He didn't find... I wasn't... He was, He's never been lost. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got I've you. I've gotten lost. He. He. He pulled me up from the darkness. You just. And so that.
0: That's something that I think is uh, important to hear for other people to hear anyway. Because uh, what you're saying is it's. It has a lot to do with you. I, I think said.
1: I, I. Not to cut you off, but the other prayer that I said was. You know, whenever I say I talked to him during those three years, even though I was telling people I didn't believe in him, was show me where my brother is, and if you're real. Mm. When I was a kid, I used to love you so much. Not trying to give you an ultimatum, but if you're real, if you truly exist, please remove the hatred and the anger that I feel, or I will surely remain in this darkness. And he removed it overnight. You know, I've always heard it's his timing, not our timing. Mm -hmm. And back then, I couldn't see. I couldn't see and I couldn't understand why I'm homeless? Why is my husband not here? Why this? Why that? And I tell my husband that I I know that I'm married to the kind of man that at the end of the day, when this is all said and done and over with, and some people out there that are homeless don't have this to look forward to, I know he's coming. And I know that when he gets out of jail and he comes home, that everything's going to be okay because he's a provider and he's a protector. and, And if he wouldn't, I tell him, if he wouldn't have come home, I don't know what I would have done. But I do know that God would have still rescued me and that I've always been capable of working and taking care of myself. I firmly believe that I had to go through what I had to go through in order to appreciate human life.
0: You know, but here's the thing A that's little crazy.
1: more than what I did already.
0: You could have completely not done that. That's kind of what I want to ask you. I
1: did for a while. Yeah,
0: I mean, you could just still do that, though. You could still say, I'm not doing this. I mean, you have to make... That's why I'm... The reason I'm saying that is because I, 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 I believe... It, that's where that important choice comes in. You, at some point, we have to... At some point, you, can't be you forced. have to
1: stop and listen to his yeah, call. Yeah, you got to
0: make the choice to do the thing. I mean, you can have blessings. You can have signs. You can have dreams. I mean, you can open your Bible to the right scripture every day of the week. You can be surrounded by loving family. You can have go to all the spiritual groups, retreats. You can do all the stuff. And still not make the choice to point yourself that way. I
1: think the most important thing that I did was to ask. The one thing he tells us to truly ask for that we don't is every morning I ask him, God, give me the grace to make it through today. I never asked him for that when I was getting high. Although I know that's a gift that he freely gives, my grace is sufficient. Mm. It says that in the Bible, too.
0: What is that? Talk about that. What is grace? When you say grace, for somebody, because look, here's the thing.
1: Grace is something he gives us that we don't truly deserve. But what is it? Because
0: there's people out there that are hearing grace, and they've heard it and probably said it and don't know what the heck it is. What do you, I mean, and look, I'm going to ask you as your friend. Tell me what you
1: my definition. What
0: you think, Grace? Because I mean, you can tell me what your faith tells you it is, but what do you? I mean, you're you know. For
1: me, I think my his grace is that little is the ability. Say last week when I was thinking and had that thought, his grace was the ability to say, "Okay, stop right now. Let's do away with this thought."
0: So it's like a strength.
1: It's or yes. Yes, it's a strength to carry on through the moments that I'm not able to carry through by myself.
0: Is it possible that grace is different for somebody else? Possibly. That it's not that Possibly. for somebody else.
1: Yeah, I do believe. Yeah, I think so. So
0: grace is from what it, if that's the case, would grace would it be
1: what whatever sufficient enough yeah, to carry me sufficient. through may not be sufficient that's right. enough to carry you through. Yeah.
0: It's it's uh grace is malleable. It takes the takes a form it's, maybe. Arrives as it's needed, to as, as what is needed? Probably. Yeah? Okay. I mean, I, I'm asking, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've thought about it myself because, I mean, you're right. You need different things at your for, life at different times. For
1: me, for myself, a lot of the way that I act out or I work off of emotion a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I may be feeling one way, so it would be really ugly to everybody in my household and make my whole house operate a certain way. Whereas, if I react, if I act different, then everybody reacts different. Mm -hmm. So, for me, what I'm just for myself, to me, grace is um, in my life is the ability to see things, to hear things, to know what I'm feeling, you know, to have some discernment Mm -hmm. and to be able to say, Okay, Lord, I need you now. Can you please help me, you know, so that my actions, my attitude, and everything is changing. Um, I, I, I reacted to some stuff here a couple of weeks ago and um, was very ugly to another person. which the first time in five months. That's amazing for me because normally it's all the time, you know. I'm usually always running my mouth in an ugly manner to someone. Really? And uh, when I'm out there, when misery loves company. Sure. Misery loves company, and uh, oh
0: yeah, I mean I call. I think one of my things, a sin of complaining. <laughs> I mean, I say it to myself. I don't know if I say it out loud to anybody else, but you know, I have my little list of things that I'm like, oh yeah, here I am. This is this is it. You know, yeah, I, can I can fall be, into
1: it. I, it, it. I can go from being real nice to screaming and hollering and cussing and. That's not who yeah. I want to
0: be. Me either. You know, I find, really, I genuinely, generally love people. I love being around people. I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. Uh I am afraid of people. I mean, if I'm being truth, exposing who I am, you know, and being truthful, you know, I do. I'm afraid of people. More than anything, I'm afraid of people. Not afraid of... Vi- i mean violence is i think everybody no one wants violence to come into their life but that's not what i mean i'm more afraid of violence uh committed against the human heart and my, my yeah. own i you know uh i'll give you some examples i mean i wonder if you've ever experienced this for me you know as i drew closer to to Christ, which really it happened all alone, you know, uh, wasn't other people around with the, with, as these dialogues with my creator began. And then as I began to draw close to Christ through that door, uh, then I started getting close, wanting to go, well, I want to be around other Christian people. And that's where my troubles really began to be kind of honest about it. I mean, as I drew closer to, and i'm going to use the word tribe again and i don't mean it in a derogatory way yeah. but as i drew closer to tribes i found that i didn't see christ as often as i had hoped and it and i got hurt a lot more not that anybody did anything to me particularly but people i care about were being hurt yeah. by words and and prayers even. I mean I I would find when I um I could be standing in uh mass. And not always are we allowed to uh state our own prayers, you know, prayer intentions, but sometimes and I would be in mass and actually uh hear prayers as I would be thinking of something I would want to say. I would actually hear prayers that were actually against the very people that I wanted to pray for. And I started to go, okay, so this is not, this is just a human thing. We just like to hurt each other. And we're drawing in in a, we've labeled ourselves Christians. We've built the walls. We've got the statues. We've got everything. We've done all the stuff. We're saying all the words, but we're praying against each other. Yeah, I got hurt in that many, many times with that. And I just started to feel like a hypocrite. Cause I was like, I I love people, you know, even people, I love people because they're unlovable and that, and I'm not saying, Ooh, well, look at me. I'm not saying that as like, uh, I don't want you to think I'm breaking my arm to pat my back, but that is just the honest truth about who I am. Why I'm wired that way. I don't know, but the more I've seen that I see someone has suffered, the more that I see someone has been cast out, the more that I see someone shunned, bullied, shamed. That Scarlet Letter, you mentioned that song, Do You See Her? I have always wanted to go, I see you, person. I see you, child of God. I see you wrapped in your despair. You outside the walls. You not allowed. And I love you. Yeah. And I see, so I
1: see you with the... the the friendship circle the size of a Cheerio. I see you.
0: Yeah, right. And and just and and you person, whoever you may be, generic, random person, also have the light in you. Just like the person that's praying, almost against you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's the same, doggone, I strip away your skin and bones and all this stuff, and you're still the same tender little flame that wants to flicker out and just say, please hold on. Please, someone cup their hands around it and don't let the wind blow me out. And so for me, that was what I wanted and what I expected. And what I what I really got was um, not always, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but what I experienced was not that. Yeah. Uh and so it was hard, you know, and I still struggle with it. I mean, like I'm a day it's a daily struggle because I found I had to guard what I said. You know, t- uh tweak my words. I didn't want to there are people on without revealing other people's information. That's always hard to do, but the truth of the matter is there are people that I love dearly. And I mean as dear and as close to you as a husband and father could love who are flat out rejected by the tribe, Mm -hmm. but not by the Lord. And so I have a hard time with that. I do. I struggle. It's very difficult. Does that make sense Mm -hmm. to you? Have you ever experienced, and that's a lot of information I just unpacked, but have you ever experienced anything like that Mm -hmm. where you've experienced the love of God but the love of people that claim god don't show it and it hurts so lot. bad it hurts more than i can even describe it's yeah it's depressing mm-hmm. and i have to re- that for me is where i have to really lean just straight on god because i'm like man i can't i don't know what to do with this
1: yeah my sister my sister had um one of them had prompted me to look up the word religious or religion because I had made a comment. One of the churches that I go to, they take it to the streets uh, once a month. They play gospel music out at another church, out at the biker church. They bring their church to the biker church. There's another church in town that participates with this too now. And they play gospel music till 9, 10 o'clock so that the people in the streets at least hear
0: Yeah, I hear you. about yeah.
1: God. And, um, I had someone in my family tell me that they weren't gonna come because it was a religious thing.
0: It's almost like, I, I mean, what you're saying...
1: Like, because they're one religion they can't come and mingle right. with the it's other like you're religions. it's like
0: you're cheating on your denomination or your... yeah. Right, I get you.
1: And um, I looked the word up, and it means to congregate together. Yeah. And worship God. And I don't understand. This is just me. I don't understand. I never will understand why somebody from this church feels like they cannot interact with people from this church, especially if you. I mean, they're not out there having a mass service. They're not out there having a. A sermon, right, they're strictly singing and bringing music, sure it's of God to the people, yeah, and then I had somebody else in my family say something about the type of music. I'm like this, it says there's a time for music, there's a time for dance, yeah, there's a time mm-hmm. to be solemn, you know, um it it goes on, it says several different, yeah. Things, but I'm just I'm right now. I'm fixated on yeah. the dance and the. Who's to say? What type of music?
0: Yeah, I I get exactly what you're saying. I went to a an event here in Sulphur with my sister, um, and you know, <clears throat> when I got there, she invited it to me, and it was like an interfaith thing, and I, I did notice that when I got there, I said, well the faith I'm a part of isn't represented here. Okay. It's not that they wasn't invited necessarily, but it just wasn't represented. And as I stayed for the thing and and it was not a bad event at all, but I went, you know, okay, this really isn't move. It's not for me. It's for some, it's obviously for a lot of people, but it's not for me, but I didn't feel rejected. I didn't feel cast out. And then when there was time for a group prayer, for me, it was natural to get down on my knees and close my eyes and say prayers to myself and not the way everybody else was praying. But I, look, Anne, I didn't feel one even ounce of malice or rejection towards any of those people. Some people were waving their hands in the air. Some people were singing, and some people were, I don't know what they were doing. I didn't care. And I got on my knees. I closed my eyes. I pulled out my prayer rope. And I started saying my prayer, and at some point, the guy who was preaching, he was going around and touching people and talking to them, and I felt him come over while I was praying, and he put his hand on me, and I felt like he loved me. He didn't say, get up off your knees, brother. You're praying wrong. You're not doing it the way we're doing it. I didn't feel any of that. and I didn't feel like he didn't, that I thought I was weird for doing it. I just felt like, look, we all, we're acknowledging... On a very base level, we're acknowledging there's a Creator. We love the Creator. And then on an even more focused level, we're all acknowledging Christ together. That was enough for me at that moment. And I just... Now, did I go back? No. But still, I didn't leave going, oh, they're wrong and I'm right. And I just wonder where it comes from, because even within one faith, I had an experience where I would go to a retreat, perhaps. And whoever is in charge of that retreat is specific about, um, well, the right way is to use this language, and then this is the right ornament for the whatever, and then, of course, this is the proper music, and let me tell you why these are all the bad ones and the wrong ones. But then the actual church I go to, a part of the same faith, does all the stuff that the person on the retreat said Mm -hmm. is bad, and I'm going, so there's infighting infinitum. Right here within our own faith, how in the world do we expect that we're going to? It's funny. It's kind of like something I said one day at McDonald's. I went to McDonald's one morning after Mercy Mornings and I was hungry. You know, Mercy Mornings is over about nine o'clock. And I said, Well, I took my family. I said, I'll go in and grab us some breakfast. Well, I got in there and people were fighting because the line was long. Some guy cut in line. It started a big old, I mean, a big old violent ruckus. And I walked out and as I walked out I thought we think that we can change the world when we can't even not fight over an egg McMuffin yeah and so I'm, I feel like that sometimes with religious things I'm like we're in fighting over a guitar or a piano or English verse and I'm going I can't I- since I can't comprehend how we're gonna accomplish anything for Christ by when we're arguing over the minutiae of those types of things, yeah. I don't know. That, that kind of stuff stings my heart a lot. And I think we take those same things and we apply them to people. Yeah. We go, well, this person...
1: I think the biggest change that I want to make is to have whatever at the end of my time for somebody to say, even if it's just one person... Man, she made me feel loved.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: She made me feel special. I was somebody when I was around her.
0: That's right. You looked at her or whoever, and in that moment when they, and I I know maybe this isn't the right way to say it, but they saw God in your eyes. They felt like God loved them because you loved them. You know, that, to me, it's like, I don't know, it's like a baby being handed to their mother. It's like, oh, you love me. Oh, you you love me. You see me, just like the song you brought up. I mean, you see me as I am. We sing that song in church, just as I am. Mm -hmm. And man, that's what I wanted so badly, just as I am and just as my son is and my daughter is, my wife, my mother, my sister, my father, just as I am, you know. And I I don't know. When I talked to you or when I met you, I just somehow intuitive that that's who you are. You can love people, yeah, as they are, and that is a gift that I don't know. I wish we all had it. I want it. I want it, man. I want to like abolish discrimination from my heart and judgment. I do. I don't want it to have a home there, and it still does. Yeah. You
1: know. See, I, I had issues with the whole forgiving somebody thing and I was telling a a girlfriend of mine the other day that you know this is this is one of the things that I say about myself all the time I hate the fact that I can forgive anybody like how do I ever look at those two guys Mm. that killed my brother and have compassion for their families Mm. and immediately my first thought like When he died, it was right close to Mother's Day. I remember walking into Mass and turning around and walking out because I feared that what if one of their mamas were there? Mm. And it was Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make anybody else feel uncomfortable. So I left Mass. Um, And then during court, thinking... You know, I don't know if they're going to sense these guys too, but I know what it's like to visit a brother in jail, feeling empathy for his siblings, and then to have some of my own family become angry with me because I was able to feel compassion for them. Like, how can you? Mm,
0: Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I think the world, perhaps, you know, by the world standard... that uh, it's a get yours kind of world, you know? And so when somebody does something to you, it's the old, uh, well, you know, to balance things out, you gotta take it back. You gotta, yeah. somebody's gotta pay, they need to pay. Unfortunately, that just hurts us as much as it hurts them. And we just don't think about it that way. And my, my
1: friend told me, she's and she's a very spiritual person. She said, embrace that, and, That's a gift from God, mm-hmm. not everybody possesses
0: that yeah i mean i've been told that uh you know even just having a conversation with someone saying uh this person you explain maybe what somebody did to to you in conversation and then you say but you know i'm working on forgiving them uh i think some people might say well that's nice but a lot more of the advice i've gotten is going well you know gotta be smart you can't can't be forgiven, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: And see, and I, I like, she tells me it's a gift for me. My husband is the same way, and I'll be like, What are you doing? That person did this, this, or this to you. And right. I, it seems like I always, I uh, think I always want to argue with my husband, my dad, and God. <laughs> right. You know, the authoritative figures in my life. I want to uh, argue with them. Authority, through. yeah. We
0: all have problems with that. I've had this, this seems to come up. It's another one of those, uh, universal truths that as a human being we've just got a a proclivity for rebellion um which isn't always bad i mean you know i don't know where i heard it said the the line between the line between good and evil runs straight through the human heart so i mean you have to we have we can do both yeah you know so i don't know i i um i don't know where i'm going with that i just know that it's what you said, I mean, I can find the capacity to do the wrong thing inside myself. I don't have to go look for it in somebody else. I've got it already, <laughs> you know? And that's not, I think that's the almost the worst thing you can do is to say that you don't. I'm glad to know, I'm glad to at least say, okay, yeah, I know what kind of darknesses are in me, What what seeds of spite and uh jealousy envy all, all that stuff I when mean, you God. can
1: start looking inward that's when you can start healing
0: yeah yeah well you can't those things i heard someone the other day on a podcast say uh he was talking about depression but i thought mm, it's not just depression he said it's like a moss it grows in the dark
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's wet and it's moist and if you never put any light in there it's just going to spread around and one day you pop the lid and it's all over the place and it's like that with darkness, dark mm-hmm. things. They, it grows in the cracks where you're not looking. So yeah, if you're not looking inside, uh, I do I had a question a minute ago, and uh, I don't know if I how to frame it. If uh, if you were who you are today, back when your brother was murdered, in that moment. Would you have handled that? Would would it? Would you, what do you think? In your worldview, would have been like? How would you have framed it versus how you framed it then? But in that moment, in the moment, you know, would that have changed the way you, or would it have drove you to the same to the same places? Do you think?
1: In the moment, I would have because in the moment, I told him to tell God he was sorry for everything he had done. You did,
0: yeah, you did. You told me that.
1: Told him to tell God he was sorry. So in the moment,
0: so you had that 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 at that moment that in you, even in spite of everything else, there was still that enough of yeah. That's interesting. I
1: think that at that moment I would have been the same. Huh. It was what followed.
0: Ah, the the years after
1: the after the funeral. Yeah, the chain of events after. I left the hospital that night.
0: The anger probably wouldn't have been there like it was. I mean, maybe not. It probably would have been there, but it not... would have
1: been there. But I don't think I would have reacted on it the way that yeah. I did. The things that made me the the angriest was watching my parents' pain. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. The effects on my brother's children. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that um, I would get angry every time one of them would get pregnant. Knowing that he was fixing to have a grandchild that he was never going to see, never going to hold. Uh, not necessarily that he wouldn't see it, but that the parents, his kids, you know, he still has daughters that haven't gotten married yet. Uh, he's got one that's still in school. Yeah. she. My brother was a baseball player. She's, he, his next to the youngest daughter or youngest daughter is playing baseball, four soft for Sulphur high. She knows that her dad's, you know, you know how kids are. Her dad's never going to watch a baseball game. Mm, Yeah. You know, those things bother me. Yeah. Um, I've always been about family. And when you hurt my family, you can hurt me all you want. I'm probably just going to go on about my business. I may rant and rave a little bit, but. I'll probably come back the next day and buy you a Coke. But when you hurt my family, that hurts my heart. Yeah. Because I love my family.
0: Well, I know that there's definitely been some uh, auspicious things happen in these past past six months to a year. And uh, I've been blessed to be a part of some of that. With you, and I don't think we'd be sitting here today talking to each other. I mean it's the truth,
1: yeah, without
0: no. those things happening, I mean, uh things coming out of nowhere that you can't explain any other way other than that there is a supernatural dimension to life, and if we're walking around not paying attention to that, we're missing a whole slice of reality uh the things that happened in my life that I would have never, (laughs) I could tell you that if someone told me today that I would be sitting here talking to you about this and have had any kind of encounter with your family or your brother based on the things that's happened to me in my life, I would have said, absolutely not. If anything, uh, I'd bet against that. So it, it's more than just a little odd for me. It's actually hope. That's the word that keeps coming to mind. I mean, when I look at you and hear your story and and again, knowing the things that have happened between us and and the things you've shared, uh, it gives me even more hope that anything can just be turned into something else. Yeah, there's this song. The other night, I was chatting with somebody online about the show, and uh, there's this line in a, in a sting song. It says, "We work the black seam together." You know, and I used to really well keyed in when I was younger on that line because i thought yeah we kind of do we we make things really bad i mean we're threading all this together yeah. but then i, I kind of changed it as i thought about it we were talking about doing good and focusing on good and i was like you know we kind of work the gold seam together too yeah and that's really what i see happening by focusing on the good and trying to be good and doing good things uh we're working that golden seam together and i think it's some somehow i think that's what's happened in your life and my life and other people is that 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 golden thread's just there we just didn't see it and it was stitching all these things together yeah